Welcome back to Caffeine Confessionals. We are here to talk about the challenge, Double Agents, Episode 12 Recap. I am Alan Aguirre, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host. We have the classy Canadian, Nikki Sin. Hello, hello. I love how you always call me classy. I'm not sure that's super accurate. <laughs> and the sassy Southern gentleman, Luke Wentzie. What's up, guys? I That probably is accurate for me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> And we got done with a challenge episode that was pretty good. It was 90 minutes long with about 40 minutes of content. But they stretched it, and they gave us a full episode. And I think it's mostly so that we get back on the daily challenge elimination track. And I appreciate that as a viewer because I like functionality and a schedule. Agreed. Yeah, no cliffhangers. Hate cliffhangers. And in this episode, they opened up with an elimination, and we find out what the security breach was from last week. The elimination portion is, the security breach, I mean, is uh, instead of having one elimination, they're having a double elimination because we have two rogue agents. I was so happy to do that. <laughs> instead of rewarding the second place team in the swim and making them a second double agent and and having a second vote because you could just have a vote last minute, if you think about it, like right there and then, TJ announces that the team with the second most votes, which was Josh and Nani, will also be compromised agents, and that CT gets all the power to vote two teams into elimination and pick whoever they want, which to me is incredibly overpowered to where, like, we've had double agents this season where people didn't know if it was a male or female elimination. This time around, CT knows that it's two male eliminations, and he gets to pick whichever. But something's hanky with that. <laughs> yeah, and I hadn't even considered the the thought of like maybe the second place team becomes you know the second set of double agents. There's quadruple agents, but yeah, that puts a lot of power in CT's hands. It's almost like the production really likes him or something. Yeah, almost. I was actually kind of shocked to see Josh feel like he was so like blindsided by this like twist happening. Because wasn't he, like, talking a big game? Yes, I'm already starting the, the Josh the Josh hate right now. Wasn't he already talking, like, a big game where he's like, I'm not afraid to do it down there. I'll take anyone on. And Fessy was like, okay, so he rolled. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And literally when he gets down on the ground, like, Devin's like, oh, you're scared. He's like, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Meanwhile, his, like, face is, like, shivering, and Nani has to console him. In his confessional, he's like, yeah, I definitely, this is not the best case. I'm definitely scared. Right. Yeah, it yeah. was it was great because he says like I'm not scared to go to elimination. He said that like in the house, but that's when he knew the vote was going to be like nine to five. <laughs> he didn't realize that he'd be the second vote, which to him isn't fair. And maybe the Big Brother players would have like game planned something differently had they known this would be like a twist. Because I think that's unfair to Josh that like the person with the second most votes goes in. That's like oh that's just random. That just doesn't make sense with the gameplay. And I understand twists and turns can happen anywhere that's a challenge, but I don't know. That seems like, seems a bit dirty. It just a little bit icky to me. Yeah, it's very much CT didn't get to go against the person he wanted to go against. So let's make the person that didn't get the votes, but the one that CT wanted to go against, go down as well. And CT gets to choose which one he wants to go against. Yeah, it's icky. That's a nice word for it. It does have an and like, value. Because I, I really wish that Josh was, like, gone. I've been wanting him gone for weeks. But this moment, it was just, like, 
you can't just move the goalpost like that and pretend like it's a twist. That's just bending the rules to make whatever you want happen happens. And, you know, side note, we're going to talk about this, but Nam's back is messed up. Nam gets medically removed from the game. If he gets medically, like, removed one day earlier, Josh doesn't go into elimination either. So this man got screwed by Lolo getting removed, and Nam's back holding out for one more day. And Josh, work on your personality, but you really did get screwed this time around. I'm not sorry about it. I feel like production was like, oh, our, like, golden fruit boy bananas isn't here, so I guess... I guess we'll just cater to CT. Yeah, I feel the same. And I think that Josh is really disposable to production where he'll come in, he'll provide drama, whether it's yeah fabricated or not. But they're not worried if he makes a final or not. They don't care. If he gets eliminated, like it adds to the running joke that he's, as was said last week, the goof, that he's an idiot, that he's, <laughs> yeah. CT probably drunk in the production was like, I want the goof. And they're like, okay, we're with Anissa. Who's the goof? Like, I want the goof. I will not come back on for another season if you don't give me the goof. And they're like, okay, but we don't, we don't know who that is. Right. There's about 16 goofs still now. So yeah. 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 And CT can see that the elimination is the same elimination or similar to what Kevin Ashley played. So uh, he was going to take Josh regardless of what the game was because he thinks he can be Josh at anything, and he can be Josh at anything. There, there isn't anything Josh can reasonably beat CT at. I'm sorry, he can't. Uh, <laughs> Crying. And I don't know. CT seems like he'd be a good crier. I, 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 CT's good at a lot of stuff. But so he takes the goof and he asks Devin because Devin is his number one ally. Devin, who do you want? And Devin, he takes Darrell. <laughs> and I don't know. I thought this was a good pick. I thought this was a good pick. I'll explain why, but you guys can go for it first. I think, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I had the same thought. And if, if it is, Alan, you can cut me off and you can elaborate on it more. I think that Devin wants to add to his repertoire of challenge greats that he's taken out. He's taken out Zach, who's won once, but I mean, Zach is a, you know, a big name in the challenge. He's taken out Bananas. He's taken out Wes. Well, if you're going to get thrown in, there's a bunch of big guys up there. Uh, maybe Chopper Durrell. I, I didn't like Devin's vocal readings for it. At all. Devin was like, oh, well, like, it's because it was because of his one vote, Darrell's one vote, that, like, I'm down here. But it's not, like, Darrell was tweeting this last week. He was like, it wasn't just my vote. Like, there was two burn votes. So you can't just blame yeah. me. But, like, this is a this is a great, this is best case Ontario for, for Darrell. Like, he's like, yeah, I want a gold skull, and I'm pretty confident that I could beat Devin in most things. It was a rare best-case scenario for both people, in my opinion, because Darrell has wanted to face Devin because he knows he could beat Devin in most things. And then Devin, I agree with you, he sees Darrell as a trophy. And it's like, if you lose to Darrell, you still look good. If you beat Darrell, you're 5-1 and one and you've beaten all these people. And our brains are messed up because that shouldn't happen. <laughs> also, like, the only other people he could have picked were Fessy and Leroy. Because he's not picking Kyle because Kyle's his best friend. And he couldn't pick Nam or Corey because they were the rogue agents. And if you lose to Fessy, then you're, like, saying that Big Brother doesn't suck if you lose to them. <laughs> I feel That's... like he could have taken Fessy on in, in this particular elimination. Because, like, he, he would just be, like, a big – he'd look like the wrecking ball from the Miley Cyrus video, just, like, swinging around. No. 
Fessy's athletic though. He he can jump. He he can dunk a basketball. He can jump really far. Fessy doing a puzzle though. That's what I was just about to say. Like throw in that puzzle aspect, and I think Fessy's brain starts to just like slowly melt. He he's one of the best people in the puzzles on the show. He's 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 book smart. He's not street smart. He's he's an idiot. But like he he did like he was like on a roll in high school and college. Was like academic, all American. He he's book smart. He won like mental comps on Big Brother. Won mental comps on the challenge. Like as much as the guy is like the the worst, but yeah, but he's an introvert. Remember? Yeah, he's an introvert. So maybe don't forget. I really loved that Darrell. I just want to like point this out. That Darrell called it a tangerine puzzle, and he's like, "Wait, what do they call?" Right. So I was like, what's a tangerine puzzle? I was like getting ready to Google it because I'm like, I don't know what that is. Well, I immediately was like, he means tan. Oh, he's correcting himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my uh, all-time favorite Darrell moments that's just like, I don't know what his intelligence is. He has a lot of common sense, but on a live stream uh, to promote Invasion, him and Laurel were playing beer pong, and he said he ran the dorms at Stanford. And Stan- and Laurel's like, you went to Stanford? He's like, no, I ran the dorms. And I'm like, does that mean you go to Stanford or you just went to the Stanford dorms every weekend? <laughs> no, he, he seems like the type to go party at a college on the weekend. Not that he's not a smart guy, but Stanford. Yeah, probably, probably, probably nobody on the challenge to get into Stanford except for a few. Sarah Rice, maybe, but yeah. she's not going to be no, able to no. pay that tuition. <laughs> Oh no, it still hurts a little, but it's equally as funny. <laughs> but yeah, Darrell, decently smart guy, and uh, yeah, so they go up against each other. I think had uh, Devin went against maybe Leroy, he probably would have won because Leroy is terrible at puzzles, but I want Leroy to stay in the game, so I'm glad he didn't pick Leroy. And had Corey been available, that could have been a that could have been a win right there, but Corey, the rogue agent, as always... That man, so many partners he goes through. I'm I'm a little confused about something with Corey though. When, since when were him and Devin like not, not cool with each other? I thought the same thing because during the elimination he makes the comment. I think he calls Devin a chump, and I'm like, wait, last episode you're like rubbing his head and like patting him on the chest. I don't know. I guess I guess because Corey sees Darrell as more of an ally and friend, but. That doesn't diminish your relationship with Devin, although I wish it did, but it doesn't diminish it. I I don't know. I feel like there's been like certain like relationship aspects in the show that I've like sort of have I missed them? Were they not aired? Should I have been? Like, I mean, they've always had a bad relationship since like Rivals Three, Dirty Thirty, Vendettas. But that has always been like a background thing because Devin's friends are Corey's friends. Like Hunter and Nelson, and because of that, they like are somewhat civil to each other, but they've never liked each other. They've just never been on the same page. And even in Final Reckoning, you have to think that like Devin kind of blames Corey still for their DQ for you know good reason. Yeah, that literally just laughs in my brain. You're exactly right. That would yeah. be a good reason not to like him. So yeah. What I am thinking now though is. The reason that that Ryder exists in this world, Corey's first daughter, is because of Devin. Had had he never been on Rivals Three, Cheyenne wouldn't have been on there. Those two wouldn't have like wouldn't have met in a circumstance like that. Like they may have met in something else, but I feel like when you're on the show and you're like all living together, it's 
like force bonding. Uh, I can see yeah. the connection. It's, oh, I can see. Also oh, between Devin. Devin yeah, exactly. Also <laughs> oh, between Devin and Darrell, I think there is a forgotten history of them in that they spent like two weeks in a redemption house together on Dirty Thirty, where there are like scenes of them like just drinking together, and Darrell is like, "Why do I gotta hang out with this guy for two weeks?" Because like Darrell's just working out in the redemption house while Devin and Amanda are making martinis. I I hate redemption houses. I'm throwing that out there. I do not like them. I like it when my favorites get to go there, but as a standard, I don't like them. I, I just thought it was like the perfect like pandemic image, especially like at the beginning of the pandemic, where you just had Darrell working out and then them drinking, and it was just the two dualities of pandemic quarantine life. Uh, in this elimination, I don't think Devin knew that there was a puzzle portion when he picked Darrell. I think he just picked Darrell thinking he was picking someone. Uh, had he known that, I think he would have probably took in Leroy. Um, they both did really well in the elimination when it came to the grabbing the puzzles portion. Uh, it's literally a game of momentum in that it kept switching back and forth who was in the lead. And I think Darrell only beat Devin by about like 20, 30 seconds in the grabbing puzzle portion. And even Devin said, like, oh, my God, I didn't think I'd be this close in this portion. I, I think Devin, like he does with Big Brother, like talks a lot of game about like how good he is at puzzles. And I'm not putting him down saying he's not. But he has to remember that, like, Darrell's been doing this for a lot longer than him. Like, yeah. not only puzzles on the show, but, like, puzzles in life. <laughs> He's been doing them a lot longer. And I yeah. feel like, like, parents on the show have a lot, like, they have an advantage with puzzles like this. Because a lot of the time, not that I could solve any of them, but a lot of the time it it is, like, what you would see, like, a, a child doing in terms of shapes. You know? And, and Darrell's got Darrell has three, four kids, two kids. Yes, he has three. I'm pretty sure, maybe two. He has kids. That's that is yeah. certain. <laughs> um, yeah, and but like Devin, he he, I think he said, yeah, like I far surpassed my expectations with the physicality. I think Devin is somebody who's like a hidden athlete. Um, he doesn't really train, which I'm sure he does some training, but not as extensively as others. But he's probably the guy in high school you'd pick for your gym class team to be like, okay, he's a solid athlete. And that's how we can kind of, you know, fly under the radar with some of these things. But yeah, to what Nikki said with the puzzle, Devin's the puzzle god, he says. But he didn't take into account that other people have that strength. They just don't boast it as easily as he does. It gave me very, uh, like, Sarah and Caitlin versus uh, John May and Jasmine. Jasmine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was, I noticed as someone who's like, I'm really good at puzzles. Like, I'm not to boast, but like, I'm great at puzzles, that puzzle games on my phone and stuff like that. Uh, when they went for their Tangram, they went for the basic Tangram strategies and, like, you put this one in the middle, you put this one here, and they both had it down. They both had the strategy, like, down for it. It just wasn't working, because this Tangram they did was actually it's kind of intricate. I was surprised when they put together the final piece. Like, I just say this as a person who does, like, a lot of puzzles myself. Like, oh, yeah, this is something where you do the basic strategies because... The basic strategies, like, nine out of ten times will tell you how to solve the puzzle. This time it didn't. And eventually Darrell was just the first one to get it. I was impressed by both of them because it wasn't like they were both dumb because they, they had puzzle strategies. They weren't just Michi randomly sliding stuff around. Oh, the poor the poor guy. Now I'm hearing rumors of him being, on like, getting on 37, and I, oh, bud. It's like, can you have a puzzle test first? 
But I agree with you, yeah. Alan. Like, I think they both did well. Uh, I thought it was interesting even after they showed a clip of Devin, like, still trying to figure out the puzzle. And he's like, I just can't get it. I just cannot do this. And it shocked him. Um, maybe production put an extra piece. I'm kidding. But um, I was impressed with both of them. And I'll be frank, as much as I'm not exactly pro Devin, we've talked about this the past couple of weeks, he's kind of grown on me, and he kind of has been a driving force of keeping the narrative going recently. Um, so I'll miss him in that aspect. But do I ever want Devin Walker to be a challenge champion? No, I don't want that. So see ya. Surprised to see Gabby upset that he was gone. They bonded through uh, similar hatred of one another, I guess. I feel I feel the flirtation though. I did too. Like, they like each other. They definitely yeah. like, th- despite everything, they definitely like each other. Like not in like a flirtatious way, but in a, like a very respectful way of like. I could definitely do worse than you right now, and we do kind of work well together when we're on the same page. I, I'm really gutted about this Devin elimination because I just don't know where the show goes now because there's no underdog on the male side of the cast. Uh, everyone is kind of the same person on the male side. Like, they're all different versions of a of a B-plus player. It's just there's no overwhelming favor. There's no, like, anyone I'd, like, who I just want to see, like, I know is going to lose or anything like that. It's a weird cast now that Devin's gone. Yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain on that, too, and I almost said Kyle, but I I completely forget that Kyle is pretty good. He goes under the radar, too. Uh, but maybe this will make it interesting where there won't be, like, a clear and defined layup. It won't be like, oh, we've definitely got to go into Josh because he'll lose. So it can make the, the remaining skulls, or the rem- well, there's no remaining skulls, the remaining eliminations interesting, hopefully. Yeah, I'm going to be interested to see who Corey wants to, like, steal the skull from. Yeah. Or try to. It, it, Kyle, Kyle is definitely one of the biggest losers of this episode, and we'll get into that more in, in a bit. But yeah, losing two layups makes him. I, I agree with you. Like kind of the biggest layup of those who have skulls left, and it's five guys and one guy who doesn't have a skull, so it's a bit rough for him. Uh, into the other male elimination, CT versus Josh, and my God, CT. He innately understood the physics of this elimination. In that he took those baby steps at first, he said it out loud, and I was like, CT, it doesn't look like you're doing anything. And then he went for a jump for a piece, and his giant body just soared into the sky, and he just grabbed a piece like it was nothing. Yep. I think Kyle said it best when he said that it looked like it was, like, two giant babies and jolly jumpers. Like, the two of them just, like, swinging along trying to grab these puzzle pieces. And then it just, I took like a nice moment when I was watching that after Kyle said that to reflect on the fact that I'm taking entertainment, like I'm, t- I'm getting entertainment value, so much of it from watching two grown men try to grab pieces to put together a puzzle <laughs> on ju- like adult jolly jumpers, which by the way, I, I would kill for an adult, like an adult jolly jumper. I've said this before. I will say it again. I would just, just to like, I don't know, be drunk or something, just mossing along in a, not moving swing. I, listen, I'm looking at my door frames like, where could I mount one? But yeah, watching them go, you know, I often forget how big of a dude CT is this season. I mean, not seasons before, but like they both, it was incredibly different than the Devin and Darrell elimination. Like you could see the tension on the rope, whereas CT used his weight, his mass to his benefit. 
Josh again, and this is not just a crap on Josh, but he could not get a grip on how to use his weight. Like that was probably a benefit to have that extra weight to get that extra swing of momentum, as Alan said, but he couldn't. And yeah, Josh is pretty good at some dailies and I could see him potentially doing well in a final given the right partner. Let me not give him too much credit, but eliminations, he really just sucks. He chokes. He's he's rather he's than an a pile. He chokes. He's he not, chokes right up. He, he's not an athlete. He doesn't have an athlete's brain. He doesn't have nope. like he, he doesn't have a strategy on how to solve things. And CT has that. CT is just so good at that. I mean, also as a jumper, he used to play college basketball. And if you watch old CT clips back in the day, CT was like had mad vertical on his jumps. He was just crazy. So that stuff kind of never leaves you. Like it, it does over time, but even then, like. The, the best jumpers when they get older are still probably better than, like, the worst jumpers in their prime. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> CT gets down to the ground, and he solves the puzzle insanely fast. And I, CT, not a great episode for him this week, but he said that he plays tan grounds with his kids, with his, uh, his kid. And that was one of the cutest scenes ever because I had a flashback to the Duel 1 where I don't know if you remember this, but DM used to bring Tangram puzzles with her wherever she went. And CT would just be in bed playing with the Tangram puzzles with D while they cuddled. And I don't know. That was a real full circle moment for me right there. These are the things I want shown, but I understand why they're not. But yes, like that's really cool. And yeah. Oh, he plays with his son. That's amazing. Maybe his son will grow up to be like equally as smart as he is. Um, you know, it wasn't even close between the two of them. This only makes me think of like how I'm certain in the future there will be like a challenge juniors. We're going to get like Chris Jr. We're going to get Vienna. We're going to get Ryder. <laughs> probably, we will not get Mila based on her mom. Like, you know, Teresa's got kids. Paula's got kids. John A., Jasmine. Yeah. Do you want any more people have kids? No Brad and Tori, <laughs> Tony. <laughs> oh my God, Brad Tori. Yeah. Oh I mean. God. Okay. Well, this is you know CT's elimination win. He's now six and five all time. Uh, Darrell six and two all time. I mentioned uh, note that earlier. Uh, Josh one and four. Josh joins uh, Dario and Tony as the only two people to debut since Cutthroat on the male side to appear on four seasons and not make it to a final in their first four seasons. And that sounds like a very specific stat, but it kind of shows that, like, that's the tier of competitors Josh is in now because usually you don't, get, you don't get cast for four seasons and not make a final. Yeah. That's very interesting to me that to put him in the same place as Tony and Dario. But statistically, I guess you have to. <laughs> Nikki isn't so <laughs> I mean, no, I mean, like, legitimately, Tony, for his first four seasons, was one of the, like, I think Josh in his first four seasons is a way better player than Tony ever was, because Tony was garbage to start his challenge career. Like, he was, like, until Vendettas, he was not a good player. Like, he was, like, bad at everything. All he did was, like, eat stuff really fast and cheat on his girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. I I have, like, fond memories of him from... You I know, love Tony though. His last two seasons, so yeah, I, I forget specifically uh, Bloodbond's Tony, but anyway. 
Switching over to the gameplay portion, and after the eliminations, Darrell and CT have to pick their new partners. CT, <laughs> in very dramatic fashion, with Big T smiling right next to him, just, like, turns his back and yells, Give me Cam! Give me Cam right now! I've been one, it's day one, biggest regret of the game, and he's just, like, popping off like he just won the World Series. And everyone's face is shocked. Uh, I think Big T is, like, very upset. But the person who in the crowd is the most upset is Kyle. His face just drops, like, just immediately drops. It reminded me of the episode of The Simpsons where uh, Bart is watching Lisa uh, break Ralph Wiggum's heart on air. And he's like, look, look, you can see the exact moment where you break his heart into two. And he keeps rewinding it and fast-forwarding it. That was me. With, I was watching Kyle, cause like, and then eventually Big T was also like that. But, man, CT just... I thought he was joking. I thought this was like a funny theatrical performance. I was like, okay. And he's like screaming. He's like, no, I want Cam. Bring her down here. Sorry, Big T. Give me yeah. Cam. I was like, oh, all right. Is it dramatic? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I can forget about Kyle's heartbreak because in my mind, he's always going to be a dirty pirate. But <laughs> I, I like him, but that's just the image that's in my head. But poor Big T, like she just stood there and it was, it was like the little kid who's like, I don't know if this is a weird analogy, but like grandma bought all the cousin presents and she forgot the one grandkid and she's standing there like, okay, let me not make grandma feel bad. Okay, this analogy is too far gone, but she looked really, really, really sad, really sad. And I was, my heart was breaking for her. The poor thing. I really liked, Leroy's comment though he's like that's still my girlfriend though <laughs> he was very, like he was a little well he wasn't a little he was too hyped about it and I'm glad that Cam said like you you did not choose me the first day and I know he said he had the regret but like he could have saved a lot of heartache with a lot of people if he just would have chose her day one because if he stole her back because inevitably she would have been stolen if he stole her back he'd be like hey she was mine from day one but ugh, it just it was so it wasn't even cringy. It just was felt dirty, felt icky. That might be the word of today. Icky. Just they even had him on candid camera. They showed they showed the clip. They uh they're setting that up for a big T C T matchup in Arrivals. A hall brawl. <laughs> kidding, kidding. That I would love to see Big T just like run under his legs. Right, or just jump over his entire body. Yeah. Like, have a crazy vertical. <laughs> Bro, if, CT, if like if Big T had a shank, I would I would I would turn my I would turn my face like be like yeah go for it Big T it's legal when you're going against CT you can do it he did you dirty just made an absolute ass out of himself and everyone else looking around is like damn that's not cool um, yeah Darrell chooses to stick with Amber because he just saw what CT did it was like I can't be like that guy right now and they stay together uh, Kyle gets first priority of a new partner because he had his partner stolen. Uh, <laughs> he has between Nani, uh, Gabby, and Big T. And, of course, Kyle still does not have, know how to say her name. Goes, Nanny, I'm home, and they are back together. <laughs> it was such a good moment. Yeah. It like, definitely I- killed the tension. Yes, I agree. And, yeah, it needed to happen. But, yeah, all the Brits can't say Nani. They can't even try. Just nanny, nanny, nanny. 
Nani and Kyle were like my favorite pair of like the initial 15 pairs because like they visibly just made sense together, especially with the teeth too going on for like synchronicity. <laughs> Alan. <laughs> Wait, they, <laughs> throw, throw Corey they have, in there. Yeah, they have very nice teeth. <gasps> Listen, you know, some, some veneers are pretty. Oh no. But Kyle's you're right. teeth are whiter than I am. <laughs> Kyle's teeth are whiter than I think anybody, anything. They're white. They're they're almost yeah, they're white. They make for a great confessional look every week though. Like every He's just like he makes for great thumbnails with that big ass smile. <laughs> he's, a, he's a beautiful man, and I thought so. Like since Geordie Shore, into pirates. Interesting. <laughs> well, I I do uh, think I was seven seas. Oh my god! I do think the dirty pirate and Nani look good together visually, not just the teeth. Like I think they just are like also. Just slim, athletic people, um, not super muscular, uh, but, you know, that could bode well for them when it comes to certain things. I don't hate it. Yeah. I liked how much Nani laughed, too, at that moment, because she was just like, because she was like, oh, man, I don't want to be with Kyle, but he's legitimately funny. He's just just such a good reality character. I mean, yeah, he's a terrible competitor. Josh yeah. was. And that's what I found so interesting. Nani was like, you know, nobody can really replace Josh. I, I feel so sad, and it confused me. But I guess if you have somebody in there that you really trust and you feel comfortable with, like, that might be more of an advantage than just like, okay, you're good, but we don't really exactly mesh together. I still wouldn't choose Josh, though, but yeah. It's like you've uh, driven a car with uh, the rolling windows for, like, such a long time that you just, like, even though – the roll-up windows are so much, you know, just hitting a button is so much easier. You get so used to rolling them up with your, you know, with your hand that you just don't See, like it. And that's there's Kyle's a good analogy. There's a good analogy. He's a, a crank window. <laughs> what is it, Josh? He's a bumbling idiot. <laughs> yeah. He's a baby and belly Something I forgot to note in the elimination section is that during the Josh and CT elimination, you just knew it was over for Josh the moment they had a confessional of CT, like, cut into the elimination talking over it. Because, like, you know when that happens, that person's winning the elimination. It's like, hey, guys, check out this goof and likely why I'm winning this elimination. They did the same thing to Josh on War of the Worlds 2 with Jordan talking during their rope elimination and cut out mid-elimination. I I will never get over that elimination. I'm letting you know that now. My so my parents watched the show and they they were unaware that um Jordan only had one hand. So I was like, oh, I'm like that. I'm like he like I'm like Jordan took that. I can't believe. And I was like, and Josh had you know at least one more hand than Jordan does. My parents were like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what do you mean? What am I talking about? Like, what yeah. do you mean one hand? Did they did he do it with one hand? I'm like. And then they looked and they were like, my mom was like, oh, my God, I didn't even notice. Yeah, that Josh just, I mean, Jordan's great. Let's don't get me wrong. But like that yeah. elimination was set up for Josh to probably get that win. If he could even just use his brain. But he can't because he's, say it, Alan, he's the what? The goof. He's the goof. Yeah, it's just really bad. It's really bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> goodbye, Josh. Goodbye for now. Um <laughs> then after Kyle picks Nani, uh, Corey has the choice that he's the first rogue agent, and he picks Gabby because he says that 
she's a puzzle person, which I guess is true because he said it with glasses on. So, yeah. <laughs> big brain. Big brain Corey coming through. <laughs> I feel like Corey also underestimated Big T. I agree. And I feel like it was such a slap in the face to her to not only lose her partner in such a dramatic fashion, but then to have three, well, two guys choose other girls ahead of her and be last pick. I would choose Big T. I would choose Big T I, as well. I would have also picked Big T. I don't know how you see her win that last challenge and be like, yeah, I don't want Big T. When she's also proven to be intelligent herself, like just just as intelligent as Gabby. Um <sighs> She also has more, like, she's had, like, played more games. Like, Gabby's a rookie. And, like, Gabby was, like, too afraid to go into a hall brawl against Amber M. Why would I want that as my partner? Gabby lacks heart. I know we've had the confessions for her crying, like, this is for my family. And I believe it is. But, like, Big T has heart. And, like, just to see her try so hard for her partner CT, that alone would make me be like, okay, Regardless of what it is, even if she's the worst girl out there for it, she's going to give it 110, whereas Gabby might give it 70. And that, I mean, Gabby's just a better athlete, I think, in general. Well, I don't, I don't even know that. Let me not even say that because I don't think that's true. She's fit. She's fit, but I don't think she's the better athlete. I think Big T, yeah. like, she would have been the solid choice. Gabby's also smaller than I remember. I mean, I know she's been small all season, but they had the, the scene where they're all lined up on the field and, I think Gabby's like an inch or two shorter than Big T even, and they brought in a sh- yeah they brought in a shrink rate. It was really strange. The production will go to any length, so. Well, like Big T is, I looked it up. She's five foot three, and like for reference, I'm five foot two. So, okay. and I know I can't reach top shelves. And if Gabby, yeah, Gabby is smaller is, than Big T, she's she's five foot and a half. I t- I tweeted before the season that she was five foot. And she replied to me, I'm five foot and a half. And she was very sassy about it. Like, give me that extra half inch. And <laughs> probably, you know. <laughs> Did she say that? Okay. Anyway. <laughs> well, I'm five two and a half. I'm not. <laughs> but... uh, so, yeah, I thought that was a bit weird. Um, as a whole, these picks shake up the whole game because we have four new pairs out of seven existing pairs. Nam gets Big T, and that's a that's, that's a pair I'd be excited to see, except moving on to the next portion, which is Nam's injury, and Nam has a bad back. So much so that he's already been taking painkillers, apparently, and has to go to the hospital at one point to get an injection that he said was this big. And if you're watching on YouTube, I'm, I have, like, my thumb and my finger about as high as I can. Uh... <laughs> It was – they didn't really have a lot of content. They had to show this stuff. Um, Nam has a bad back. He – I don't even – I felt bad for him because he said he had a bad back, and then he went to sleep in a top bunk, which I just can't imagine sleeping in a top bunk with a bad back. Hoist me up. I did sort of like the scene before uh, he went to the hospital because Nam's, like, laying down. I think it's Anissa and Cam that are, like – leaning over him, and Leroy walks over, like, are you guys looking at a dead body? What are you doing? And, like, Leroy explains, because Leroy's had to leave the game before because of his back, and I like how he explains it, like, he's like, every time I do anything, I have to put my arm down. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting to that age as well. Damn. Yeah, same. And I really like, too, that Cam was like, 
you know, like, I know you want to play this game. I know you want to be successful, but you have one back. Like, this this game in the grand scheme of life is not worth your back. Yep. It's, it's definitely one of those weird things that uh, whenever someone in the challenge house hears you're injured and they tell you maybe you should, like, leave the game, there has to be this, like, part in the back of your brain that thinks, like, are they telling me this to get me out of the game? Uh, and, I mean, that's just tough for someone like Nam who's competitor, like, do they want me to leave? Should I just listen to them because they actually care about me? I mean, I just got, I just had to deal with Lolo Jones putting immense stress on my back just from hearing her voice, and now my back is actually injured. We all did. We all had to deal with that, Nam. And to imagine, be honest. Imagine how we feel. <laughs> right. And to be honest, if I were a challenger, which I will never be, um, I, if somebody even like burnt their tongue on their breakfast, I'd like, you really should consider going home. Uh, you only get one tongue, like, <laughs> you know, cause one person out, I don't care if they're good or bad, like, get you one step closer. Are you telling me that you would never compete on like a challenge season that was like challenger, like versus podcasters? Oh, I would. Would I be cast for it? I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. Oh, you, you'd, you'd be a strong third alternate at least. Thank you. I was really hoping for second, but I'll take third. You know, third time's the charm, but that's not. Okay. Anyways. They wouldn't even call me. They'd be like, oh, it's a, it's out of our, it's like out of the States, this phone number. So they'd be like, do you want to hold the mic? <laughs> they'd email me like, hey, do you want to interview them? <laughs> do you want to interview the podcaster? And oh, you're like, man. Okay. I'm one of them. <laughs> They're like, we'll actively, we'll actively tell you you're not going. <laughs> um, but <laughs> yeah, Nan's back is messed up. Uh, we find out at the end of the episode that he is medically out of the game. And that's heartbreaking, especially, you know, <laughs> because we just went from having nine guys and seven girls to six guys and seven girls in one episode. 33% of the guys are gone. Uh, for Corey, that really sucks because, well, maybe it doesn't, but like, <laughs> That means maybe less potential male eliminations in the game as a whole. And Big T, she's a rogue agent, so she loses out on a chance to get a school. That's what I thought of first and foremost. Like, yep. if, if her and Nam could have won that next elimination, she or not elimination, that next daily, she she could go in and get her school, but now she's totally, it's it's impossible, and that's that sucks for her. I hope they do something to, like, shake it up where she gets an opportunity to go in. You can help if you can help CT. You can help Big T. Yeah, it true. seems so. There's one school left. Big T can't compete, and there's two women who have no schools, and those are Gabby and Nani. Which means there's like a ninety percent chance that like Gabby and Nani will face each other in elimination next week. We could possibly see Anissa go into elimination because she's the weakest player with the school left, or I guess Amber B, but. I felt like the trailer itself for next week is kind of teasing Anissa maybe going in because uh, <laughs> she complains about, you know, 14 seasons of never winning being traumatizing. And I'm like, dude, you signed up and you don't trade at all. You you sign up every, for every season. You're like, yeah, okay, I'll take the call. I did see today somebody tweet and it just said Anissa might lose all the challenges, but she's in her bag. You know, she'll take that call. Yeah. She'll get her appearance check and she'll probably last – the majority of the season, I mean, hopefully this season she can make it to the final. I don't know. Her confessionals are key. Yeah. She's, like, talking she, about how beautiful she, Nam is. I was like, I would also let Nam break my back, so. 
This is the only time we're on the same page, Anissa. She didn't make a final in the 2010s, just the whole decade. Let's see if she can make it in the 2020s. Uh, <laughs> oh. um, after the, you know, not after the back portion, but we also had a portion of the episode where they went to a spa, a hot springs, and it was a good refresher. I mean, last week we talked about how we loved seeing the challengers have fun, and this week we started to see them do, like, adventure-type stuff, and hot springs are cool. They're amazing. I love them. And let me just say, I'm about to go off for a second about this, because it needs to be said. We have not seen them in a long time be outside. Like, yes, the the previous two seasons were before COVID, pre-quarantine, but on, you know, oh, we see them outside for dailies and things like that, but that's different. You know, on Total Madness, we saw them walk out of a bus but into a dark bar, and on World of Worlds, I mean, we saw them sunbathing outside here and there. This was so nice to see them in bathing suits, drinking, having a good time. You know, minimal strategy was being talked about. It just was so – it was beautiful. Like, I, as soon as it came on, my eyes just got really big, and I was like, this is what I like to see. This is what I think might be missing in some cases, just to see them have fun. Like, there is there is quality in watching other people have fun. I think Nikki said that about watching them play beer pong last week. Like, people like watching other people have fun. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. No, I no, I totally agree with you. I The thing with me in quarantine and lockdown is that I don't want to watch other people on TV also, like, staying at home or, like, as much as I love that, like, Shameless says a whole thing where they're wearing masks and it's, like, COVID times on the show. I don't want to see that. I see that all the time in, in my real life. I'm, like, I'm looking for, like, entertainment and I want to see them, like, go out. And this was nice to see them, like, have fun. And hot springs are really good for your, like, sore muscles and your body and relaxation in general. And I think this was, like, a really beneficial field trip for them in in every capacity, like, mentally, spiritually, physically. I'm, I'm still yeah. here for it. In the back of my mind, I was like, are they taking them to a hot springs to hope that, like, Nav's back recovers somehow? That <laughs> <laughs> was, like, legitimately in the back of my mind. Yeah, like they're outside in the pool and they're like inside giving him a deep tissue massage. Like, come on, come on. Yeah. What what I did find interesting uh, was Nani telling Anissa in the hot springs, like, yeah, if I win elimination, I'm taking Fessy as my partner, which I didn't see coming. I mean, I maybe would have taken a Darrell or a Leroy or or not just his partner. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Or told anyone other than Anissa or Fessy that you're going to take them as a partner. Oh, she didn't tell. She didn't tell Anissa. She told someone else. My bad. She, she told, told Amber. She told Amber B. Um, okay. Yeah. But, but also even still, in an alliance. Yeah, that's just my thought. Yes, for yeah. But I feel like Amber B is very agreeable, and that's all I'll say. <laughs> Amber B is a person that exists on the challenge. <laughs> but what about her family? What about them? <laughs> Her kids. She Dur- Durrell and Amber, fun fact, I mean, uh, not really fun fact, but they're <laughs> they're the oldest pair together on the season. They're like a combined, like, 75 years old, 74 years old. So Amber's, what, 33? How? That's not that old. Oh, I, I had no clue that she was... 
I had no clue she was that old. No, I'm just kidding. I had no clue what her age was. 33 is not that old. I guess in terms of challenge, it is not she's, really she's anymore. She's competing with the oldest player in the show's history. I also forgot that Darrell was married. So when we got all the, like, preseason stuff and I saw him, like, cozied up at a fire with Amber B, I was like, ooh, Darrell's going to get a hookup? And then it, like, sifted through my mind. I'm like, Darrell's not going to get a hookup. I think Amber B, and no, I'm not calling her Amber, I think Amber B also forgot that Darrell was married, or Darrell was married, because, you know, she looks at him longingly. She's like, oh, Darrell, I never leave my partner. And then they cut off her confessional. Darrell, like, running to call his wife, he's like, listen, it's a million dollars. Let her bat her eyelashes at me. Right. One kiss on the cheek. Uh, It's fine. Uh, Before we get into the final portion, um, is there anything else of note from this episode you guys want to talk about? I think think we should talk about CT and Big T, or is that what we're about to talk about? Forgive me if I'm overstepping. That was what we were going to talk about, but... uh, that is a good thing to know in that uh, CT and Kyle had a dinner room fight where CT is eating cold cuts while arguing with Kyle. Kyle is like, you're a snake. You betrayed me as your best friend. And CT's like, you're not my best friend. We were kind of working together because of Devin. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely. so uncomfortable to watch, but I would pay money to be the lunch meat in that room just based on like how much more the lunch meat probably heard. Because Cam's just standing there, like, sort of, like, flipping some food. She's like, okay, don't want to get involved in this. And that's what cracked me up so much was Kyle, like, Cam, Cam, tell him that you wanted me. Tell him. And she was like, I'm going to stay quiet because Cam knows good and well that CT is probably the better partner. When really she could have, like, I love you guys both. But she's like, you know what? I wash my hands of this. I'm going to sit back. But she, she made, she said in her confessional, you know, yeah, CT probably is the better partner, but if he's going to cause all these waves in the house, that is not a better partner for her. If he's going to, not actively, but like, he's actively without trying, messing up her game. And she's like, this cannot happen. I definitely agree. And then, like, NCT tries to talk to Big T, and it, oh, he thought buying her one bottle of champagne at the hot springs was going to, like, win her over again. No. Anissa's like, free booze, we'll take it. We need more than that. Anissa being Anissa and that. I love that. This is like free booze. He then, uh, he then made a plan to create a little, uh, fire, uh, and the little bonfire, make some s'mores, get some blankets. Treat, he wanted to treat like Big T like she was his daughter. And that's not what Big T is. She was a friend or she was supposed to be a friend and a partner in this game where they supported one another. Uh, he he is actually doing a decent job in explaining himself until he says that, like, Big T, you're not ready for the final. I wasn't going to win the final with you. And it was just denigrating because the guy was just trying to cover his tracks so that fans didn't get too angry at him. When, dude, you made a Johnny Bananas move, and you made – you look like a bigger athlete. Like, Johnny Bananas was – like, have a little bit more class than that. When when Johnny Bananas took the money from Sarah, he just said, I'm going to take the money and run, and then was just like, later. CT was fucking arrogant. He was popping off about taking Cam. Yeah, and and the whole thing was, I don't even think, I, I know that Big T was upset about CT leaving her, for sure. 
But have the decency before to be like, hey, if I do win this, there might, there might be a chance that I switch. Yes, that's going to suck, but it's less of a blow than just screaming it to the masses immediately after. And, you know, I just – Big T made the comment to CT. He was talking to her like Alan's like a daughter, but she, she's like, this is not your Coach Carter moment. Like, you're not coaching me. This is not what this is. Like, if you're truly my friend, which you've seemed to be this entire season, be a friend. But Alan, again, at the nail on the head, he's doing this for the fans. And she called that too. She's like, you used me to look good. And the fact of the matter is, I don't think there's anybody this season who has gotten as much positive reception as Big T. I absolutely agree. And I felt so bad for Big T because CT just kept like gaslighting her and like talking over her. He's like, I didn't, I didn't break your heart. She's like, I never said that. You broke my spirit. She's like, you like helped strengthen me. You made me feel like a better player. And he's like, no, you did that. You did that for yourself. Basically just try to like switch it up and be like, okay, no, no, what you're thinking is incorrect. What I did, I did this for you. She's like, what am I supposed to tell my son? Yeah. What are you going to tell him now? I hate when people bring up their kids. Ugh. Like, just because you have a kid doesn't mean that you're special on this show. Like, yes, kids are great and all. I'm not hating on kids. But I felt like Big T really communicated immaculately, actually. Like, I, I will admit that my bias towards Big T previously is that she's timid, probably agreeable, but she proved that she's not. Like, she's like, I'm not stupid and you might think I am. This is how I feel. You're not going to talk over me. You're not going to yell over me. I'm going to get out what I have to say. And if we have nothing else to say, I'm going to walk inside and the conversation is finished. You don't get to just tell me, essentially, hey, you suck. I didn't want you. Like, we can have a conversation like adults. You can tell me genuine things without having, like, this moment where you know that the cameras are watching. And that just made me love her even more to be like, okay, she might have lost her spirit, but in my eye, which I have no doubt she'll gain back. But in my eyes, I'm like, okay, she is a serious competitor. She is not just willy-nilly like, oh, my partner carried me. She's like, no, I like, I am a force to be reckoned with. And I think she even said, like, he might want Cam more, but give me some time and I'll be where Cam is. And I don't know if that's true, but, like, I love the spirit and she could definitely train more. <laughs> yeah. I, she even said, uh, yeah, I think she said that, uh, just tell me that Cam is better. Just tell me that that's why you're taking her and I can accept that. Don't try to say that. I'm not ready for a final. I'm not doing this. Because all the stuff you've been trying to build me up for is just a lie, and you're a liar. Just say that. I can, I can accept that, but it's like when you try to denigrate. And I agree, the kid's part was egregious. I mean, CT's kid is going to say, like, what, in, what is in Big T when it's $7 million? Like, bro, that's just – what's the point of that, dude? What's, like, you're trying to gaslight this chick over a kid she doesn't know? Yeah, right. and didn't CT gas out in a final? I don't know, actually. <laughs> Didn't he gas? Uh, ish, ish, yeah. Fifty-fifty. Uh, I mean, his. Um, it's just a weird conversation, though, because like, I don't know why you would talk to another grown person like he did to Big T, and that's because CT selfish. He lives in his own world. It's the same CT from all those years ago. The only difference is that he doesn't have the energy to be. <laughs> Uh, smashing people's heads in, and he needs the money for his family, which <laughs> yeah. sounds ridiculous as I say it out loud. Yeah, I, was, and- I was fooled. I thought he was like a good person. 
in this I, season. I, was I really was too, Nikki. I I genuinely was. I thought, you know what? He, I don't know. I just thought he was being kind, like holding hands and skipping together. And Big T even said, like, whenever you got me as a partner to begin with, like you ran towards me and were elated. But now you're so quick to dispose of me in such a dramatic way. It it was icky. I'm going to say it for a third time. It was icky. <laughs> It's it's one of the I just know that people like casual fans are still gonna love CT. They're gonna praise the move in some way. It was gross, dude. It was just flat out not cool. Not something that I, I want from someone. I don't know. It's reality TV. Maybe 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 the fact that I care enough about this makes it a good reality TV moment in some ways. But yikes! I I think it's a great reality TV moment. Like I I will remember it. I'll remember the aftermath. I will say just a slight tangent. I have five friends in my life that I've convinced to watch this season. So they're very much casuals. They're eating up the big TCT dynamic. I just know that after watching this, they are going to text me and be like, oh, I can't believe he's done this. Like, my they're parents gonna are going to react the same way. Right? Yeah. Like, in my household, when we watch, it's go big T, big T, big T. Like, we're always cheering for her. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what I don't was, think it'll. Uh, I was going to ask, what was scummier, uh, this or Fessy's move from week three? Well,. Fessy's move was scummy because, like, he really – are you talking about versus Nelson, like, Connor Nelson and then just being dirty in the elimination? I mean, like, legitimately blindsiding his friend on the second male elimination of the season. See, I, I like Nelson a whole lot, but I can excuse that more because, like, it, it was still really grimy. But just pick T. She's just – pure and you could have a conversation with her and she would be like okay i understand i'm hurt but i understand i don't know they're both they're both very grimy i think that because of the caliber that ct's name holds within the challenge and just how pure he's presented himself this season for the most part i think this is why this feels more like a gut punch because i i didn't expect it yeah neither did she i was more invested in the relationship between big t and ct than i am in the relationship between Fessy and Nelson and also Fessy's like scummy move was sort of last minute. He just like told Tori, he's like, I want it. I want to go in. And this, this seems like a calculated thing. Like I find it hard to believe that CT was like, went went in for his gold skull and was like, oh, I wonder who I should pick. Who should I pick? He just, cause he just like yelled it. I don't even think TJ got to finish what he was saying. Yeah. As a, as a wrestling fan, uh, these are like, there's, like, two different types of heels where, like, CT was building this friendship to make us care about them and cheer for them, only for to rip our hearts away and turn on Big T in, like, a long-term story-building way that is very satisfying in a bad way, you know, like, oh, my God, I hate you so much now, whereas Fessy's was so fast, it was, like, someone saying a racial slur. It was just, like, it happened so immediately. You're like, oh, my God, what the hell just happened here? I hate this guy now or something like that. Like that, that that's like the difference between them. It's just like immediate heat versus like a slow brewing stew. And Nelson went home after, so it was like dirty thing happened, and then Nelson's no longer able to like speak for himself. Essentially, he's no longer on the show, <laughs> and like Big T is still yeah. there. That makes the story even better because we want to see Big T come back and screw CT somehow, and that is an added layer to it. That's great stuff. Yeah, and I, I liked, I, I doubt this will happen, but I, I could be wrong, I often am. 
I like that she was like, if any chance I get this season or any future season, if I choose to come <laughs> back, um, I'm throwing him in. And, you know, from a character standpoint, it, it sets them both up for multiple storylines. It sets her up for a callback, which I'm absolutely positive she'll get one because she has absolutely served this season, like everything you could ask for. But I'm curious if we do see them on a future season together, if that relationship can be mended. Can it be mended this season? Or is there always going to be that grudge there where, where Big T is this underdog who's going to always feel like I've got to prove myself to CT? Um, and maybe that could be like the driving force to get her to win. Not for CT, I guess, but just like he didn't believe in me. So like, how about I prove him wrong? Thousand percent. I, w- I would just love a big TCT rivalry to be like eight seasons long, Bananas West style, where every season they're trying to get each other out. I mean, it, it's just like this, the visual of the two feuding is just hilarious. You can sell t-shirts of it right now. Put a, I mean, like, Great, great friends, better enemies somehow, just visually. Quite nice. <laughs> I just pictured this scenario in my head, and it would never happen. I don't think we'll be getting a rival season anytime soon. But, you know, to see CT and Big T pair as a rivals pair would be interesting because he'd have to play nice. She'd have to play nice. But I'm also imagining a scenario where somehow, in some universe, it's possible that Big T beats CT in the final as the pair and gets to choose to split the money. But then I'm like, her her beautiful heart wouldn't let her do that. But then her cunning mind might be like, I could be a millionaire. But anyways, that's a fantasy that I just played out. Here's what you could tell your son. This is why you don't have a million dollars. Don't screw over women. (laughs) Shout out to Lillianette. Big T, big bank. Yeah. She does have a big bank. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was our episode. We had a... Uh, cliffhanger-ish type situation where CT tells them they're playing in an up-all-night challenge, which are always great. I always love the, like, just watching the the, the partner dynamics in an up-all-night challenge is fantastic. Like, you're never the same coming out of it. Then again, these partners switch every day, so it's not like all, like other seasons. But it'll be interesting to watch, especially teams like Corey and Gabby, who have never competed together, being forced to be handcuffed all night to one another. I really feel like I could do this challenge. Like every time I watch the show, obviously I'm like, I wonder if I could do this. I like I've I've been going to festivals since I was like 18, right? Like music festivals. If you have to hear like Psy Trance all night, or you've ever been to Burning Man, you I'm telling you, you're you're prepared. Like they opened with them like handcuffed together and like or like chained together, which who hasn't been? And then some like loud, irritating noise that they have to like put up with for who knows how long. Didn't they do that? Like way back they had to like stand on like a platform or something it's like rivals three they had to be on the boxes no 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 this is i'm thinking like oh like the duel or maybe cutthroat it was like two women Uh, versus each other they made them wear these headphones they had to like stand on one foot and this like screeching noise was put in oh it was kendall i'm pretty sure i don't know if the other woman was I think it's like I'm, I'm not making this up, right? No, you're right. I've seen I've seen the clip. Not sure I've seen the season, but I've seen the clip. So you're not wrong. They, they're 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 well, looking back at the past. We'll say that name was like Rachel or Sarah or Melissa. I named these to cast a lot. <laughs> Ruthie, somewhat. <laughs> I'm just saying because I remember there were like multiple Sarahs back in the day. There were like multiple Rachels. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Maybe that was Amber's. our episode. Uh, we didn't do the traditional grading portion for 
this episode because it was a weird episode, but we're going to do it for the final thoughts. And I give this episode a 6.5 out of 10. I'm going to miss Devin. I think he really did a good job of carrying the narrative this season. And without him, uh, the house is really quiet. The house is just really quiet now without him. And I don't know where it's going. Uh, but there were good moments, good eliminations. I'm going to give this episode an 8. Um, I, I would have given it a 9, but I think the two eliminations took up way too much of of the time. And I understand, like Alan said at the beginning of this uh, podcast, it seems like production was trying to stretch it out to get us back on the normal um, episode track next week, which I'm thankful for. But I really just – I love the outside portion. I love the CT Big T drama. It, it was genuine. It was real, and it made me look at both in different lights. And I, I just like this. I really liked it. So I think a solid eight. If we're going to do half, I'll give it an 8.5. I really liked it. I'm going to give it a nine. I feel like I'm not, I'm like in the minority for this, but like there's no Lolo. Josh is gone, right? We finally got this whole Nam once in a while. It's like, my back hurts. Oh, my back hurts. Like he, he finally gets to like go home and heal. Lots of big tea. I always want lots of big tea. The hot spring portion was great. I really liked the elimination because I think I would have been bored if it was a like a singular elimination. Like I wouldn't want to just watch Josh and CT be in their little adult jolly jumpers for the like 45 yeah. minutes that we had to endure it for. Overall, great episode. I'm giving it a nine. I stand by it. Nine, eight, eight and a half. Is it right? Eight and a half. Yeah, I'll, I'll pop it up. Eight and a half. Nine, eight and a half, six and a half. We got a whole lot of flavors. We're excited for next week's episode. Hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Follow Nikki on Twitter at the Nikki Sin. Follow me on Twitter at the Helen Aguirre. Uh, our YouTube at Caffeine Confessionals. Spotify, CaffeineConfessionals.com, et cetera, et cetera. Have a great day.